What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Bash Brothers Podcast. I'm your host, Connor Chandler. This over here is my co-host, Jordan Harris. We are the Bash Brothers, the only podcast where it's like sitting back with your friends talking sports, life, everything in between. Jordan, the Braves are playing for the World Series this Sunday, brother. How you one, feeling? One more game. I, I, if, if game one had a little bit of a different outcome with Charlie Morton, I'd be saying I feel confident, but... This game five, I think I feel confident over seven games. Game five, though, not as much. I'm, I'm with you 100%. So, like, if you're listening to this right now on Monday when it drops, you will know the Braves might be World Series champions at this point. So they might be going to Houston. There, yeah, they they might be going to Houston. So let's let's kind of break it down, right? So so far this series, I mean, let's be honest. If you were giving an MVP to anybody on the Braves team, it's the bullpen. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's Matzik, it's Luke Jackson, yeah. it's Will Smith, it's AJ Minter. They're absolutely dominant. Kyle Wright last night comes out. Played well. And I just, he worried me. I mean, he did. He did. But and he it's like well. I, I told Hunter, I said, bro, give up all the hits you want. Don't give up the runs. Oh, yeah, You for give sure. up one run to Altuve that was earned to him. Right. Um, I wish I knew the plan for tonight. It has yet to be announced. Tucker Davidson's starter. Oh, Tucker Davidson. So, yeah, they've sounds like a, that. Sounds like a bullpen it's game. It's going to be another game. bullpen game for it's sure. It's going to be a full bullpen game. You try to get – I mean, I guess four or five out of somebody. Like, who who will be the Kyle Wright tonight? Yeah. And, uh, but I'm with you. I don't know if they win tonight. Obviously, for the Braves to win in Atlanta would be incredibly special. Right. And we will be we will be watching tonight. We got a couple buddies going to the battery in attendance. Safe travels, man. Yeah. It should yeah. be. That's incredible. Wish I could be there in the stadium. Maybe one day when we got more money. <laughs> Maybe one of these days. Eight hundred dollars steep. But it is. It well, we looked last night. The cheapest we could find was like thirteen hundred. They might have came down. They'll come down right around game time. Probably but. so. But I'm with you. I don't think Houston beats us three times in a row. No, I, I don't think so. And I mean, honestly, I think one thing that benefits the Braves tonight is Houston's also in a bullpen game, and they used a lot of bullpen arms for a long amount of times. Ryan Presley is obviously a guy you want to, you know, pitch you three quick outs. He did not get that last night. I think Didn't he threw happen. 30 pitches in that one inning. So, he's going to be hurt. Obviously, they got, they saved Graveman. Graveman was a big pickup for them at the trade deadline. But, man, Christian Javier obviously gave up the two big home runs. Ryan Presley had trouble getting out of the inning. So, you got you got a few guys that, that, that threw more pitches than the Astros would like. I think the Braves are – They've been using the bullpen, but I think they're probably more well-rested coming off last night. Well, you know if you can get it to the sixth, yeah. that you can, if you choose to, right. you can go Mentor, Jackson, Matzik, Smith. Right. And and so far, that has been absolutely dominant yeah. in this oh, yeah. series. Oh, yeah. So you get it there in a game. I mean, you know, last night, man, the, the back-to-back, Solaire, oh, Dansby, yeah. Yeah. that felt like sports history, man. That oh, felt yeah, like for something. Sure. And and let's be honest, this has the potential to be the single greatest year in sports history for for the state of Georgia. Oh yeah, completely. And, and, and I hate even saying that, but there will be one thing I will not say. I have not said yet. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> but step one of that is the Atlanta Braves winning the World right. Series. Got to wrap and, up. And to know now that you're one game away. Yeah. And the you know the whole thing has been changed. The narrative. The oh, narrative yeah. is still choked. Oh yeah. Like let's until you win it. Like yes, oh, yeah. you beat the Dodgers, and that's great. You closed that series the way you were supposed to. Yeah. But until you win it. It don't matter. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, win the ring, and uh, step one of the greatest sports history year for for, uh, Georgia will be complete. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This is the third time in the the playoff run they've had a 3-1 series. Obviously, the first one, the 3-1, won the series. But 3-1 the Dodgers, they wrapped it up. So, now what can you do with the Astros? 
We will be waiting, man. We will have, you know, I think maybe Pizza Hut tonight and some, okay. and some Braves. Okay, yeah. It's going to be, man, it's going to be the most nervous I've watched a ball game in my life. Oh, like, I'm, by far. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Like, last night, did you did you listen to the, and I, we're going a little long on this, I don't care. Did you listen to the interview they did with Dansby? Yeah, it was, it was I mean, very that, touching, yeah. I mean, if that don't freaking give you chills and make you, like, less, like, yeah. Dansby could have walked through a brick wall last night after oh, that yeah. home I'm run. I'm sure, I'm sure. And he was feeling it, man. A great Absolutely. speech there. Snit was the same way. Yeah. I mean, but Snit said, man, I hope I can sleep tonight. Oh, I, met, I bet, yeah. I wouldn't have been able to, bro. I don't think so either. But, yeah, big, big game tonight. Obviously, I think your goal is to, A, try to keep the Dodgers off the board as much as possible, but B. Astros, you mean. Drag, yeah, Astros. But, B, drag out those bullpen arms because the longer they stay in the game, the more runs I think you'll be able to score as the Braves. So Completely agree. We'll see what happens. Chop prediction? Ooh, um, I, I – I, I said Braves and six on Facebook. I'm gonna say they wrap it up tonight. I'm gonna give it to them. I think, really think so. I think the Astros. I think their bullpen's a little more used up than they would like. I'm gonna go Braves, six four, six four. The the man, that's so tough. If I step completely out of it, I think I would I would go like Astros four three. Yeah, Astros four two, something like that. Because it just to win a series that dominantly, right. But you look at the facts. Braves ain't lost at home yet in the have playoffs. Nope. Absolutely dominant. Bullpen versus bullpen. You you said it perfectly. Braves have the edge. I like five two Braves. Oh, Bring it home in Atlanta. Give, you give them some insurance. I oh, like I it. would. Yeah, they've had like insurance it. every single That's night. True. That's I mean, true. you know, what do you need? So, yep. um, Bobby Cox should be in a box somewhere watching over the Braves. Mm-hmm. I hope everybody's there, man. Greg Maddox throwing out the first pitch. That's incredible. Yep. I hope. Every, I wonder who does the the, the speech tonight. You know, last night know. it was Zach Brown. The night yeah. before it was Quavo. I don't know. That's gonna be a good question. Let Chipper do it. Oh, that'd be awesome. Let Chipper do it. You'd have everybody going wild, bro. Let's go. All right, now football. Honestly, pretty dang good week of football here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good week of football. And let's just start off the top with the dogs, the number one team in the country. This was the narrative of this game was very interesting. Yeah. All week, uh, as I looked at different expert picks, Fox, ESPN, Sports Illustrated, Athlon Sports, everybody had this game really close. Yeah. They had it yeah, close yeah. on game day. Lee Corso set a point. Georgia comes out, handles business. Yep. Covers the spread. 34-7. I, I will say, too, you know, we ask every week for replies. Like, hey, reply to this tweet. If you're close, we'll give you a shout-out. Yeah. We had one reply on the Georgia game, and it was me. And I said 35-10. So, just a hair off there. Yeah, I was yeah. actually pretty, did, pretty did, proud did, of that good. prediction. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, but, so, what'd you see? Georgia starts stead, which I think is yeah. a little bit of a surprise. Maybe yeah. not so much to us, but what'd you see? Well, I read a, I read a Georgia Insider tweet earlier in the week that JT was going to get the start. Obviously, that didn't happen. Um... I think offensively on paper, this is a little bit different than what it shows. Georgia really, especially the first half, dominated Florida on offense until it got up to about the 15-yard line and then just complete kept stalling. We um, missed two field goals, didn't we? One, yeah, yeah. Two. Oh, two, yeah. I believe. Old Jack, he's struggling. But, he is man, struggling. I tell you what, this game is close, and then that defense, give them two minutes, and they'll get you right back in the game. Georgia, three touchdowns. Yeah. Georgia scored 21 points. In two, I think two minutes and four it's, seconds. Yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like two minutes. Something around there. Digit, yeah. So, it, I mean, it was insane. Obviously, you had the Nolan Smith strip from uh, Anthony Richardson, and then the batted ball pass. Nolan Smith right come right back at it, got the interception, and then the Kobe Dean with the huge the pick Kobe six. and Dean, yeah. bro. But I, I think, I think obviously moving forward for Georgia right now, the conversation is the quarterback battle. I think Stett knew JT was ready, got nervous, threw, saw him throw two incredibly, I want to say stupid, 
interceptions just unneeded. And then obviously you see him throw a daggum perfect pass to Kyrus Jackson in the end zone. And it's like, okay, well, which, which stat are you going to be? But I think the only conversation here is obviously you saw Stett several times in the game make plays with his legs that JT Daniels wouldn't have made. And, and that's where the conversation lies. What does Kirby value more in his quarterback? Is it the lack of mistakes or the mobility? And that's going to be the question moving forward. Speaking of that, well, I think we'll have that discussion here a little bit later on the podcast yeah. with our playoff question segment. But I'm with you. I mean, honestly, defense the Georgia defense is phenomenal. I mean, it, it just is. I mean, to score that many points in that little amount of time, the three turnovers, the unionition of the strip by Nolan, the 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 pick six by Nicobe Dean, like it just it's it's dominant. Yeah. Kirby's gonna ride him all the way. You know, he's going to try to ride them all the way to the end in terms of that. And then offense was – listen, offense still scored those touchdowns besides the N'Kobe Dean. That throw from Stetson Bennett to uh, Karis Jackson oh, yeah. was a perfect throw near oh, yeah, I mean, was. it's phenomenal. Yeah. It's back shoulder, back of the corner of the end zone where only your guy can get it. Phenomenal. So, yes, Stet – that was kind of the Stet of old where he's going to play very well and he's going to give you two or three plays a game where you go, what the heck is he seeing? Yeah. What what oh, yeah. defense is he reading? I mean, he's playing Madden and they're playing uh, 2K or something. Like, oh, yeah. It's not even close. Those two throws were really bad, especially I – mean, and you saw the graphic. He had the two picks in the right deep side of the of – right, of like the five-yard line or whatever. But, yeah, moving forward, uh, that was – Tennessee is a little bit of a test. Yeah. Tennessee will be a little of a test because they have an offense that can really score, but you got to believe Georgia runs the table. That was yeah. the last one, and and like I mentioned off the top of this game breakdown, you make another statement. You once again oh, yeah, come out sure. in a game where everybody said, "Oh, it's a rivalry game. It's going to be seven points. It's going to be closer because Florida is Florida and Georgia is Georgia." Nope, Georgia comes out, handles business. Yeah, really wanted the shutout. Second week in a row, they yeah. gave up a touchdown in the last two minutes. Kentucky obviously was leading at the last four seconds. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, Florida, you scored. You know, hats off to you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, honestly, it should be an easy easy game next week against Mizzou. Mizzou is giving up 40 points a game and over 500 yards on the ground a game. Not a, not a good day for them. Yeah, not, not a, a good, good day, day at all. all. But uh, let's go to another playoff contender here. Uh, OSU has been on a roll lately. But, obviously, a big rivalry game from here for them. Uh, for them. Uh, Penn State University coming into the horseshoe after that horrible loss from uh, I think they're three and five now, Illinois. Yeah, not good, not good, not good at all. But Ohio State handles business. I think they struggled a little bit here, but I mean, you know, it's it, it's a rival game, and Penn State is not the loss to Illinois like you saw last week. They're a little bit better than that. But Ohio State takes the game thirty three to twenty four. C.J. Stroud, another another one I would consider a pretty good Heisman performance here. Twenty two of thirty four, three hundred five yards, one touchdown. Yeah, what'd you see here? Yeah, I, I think you – I mean, you you honestly hit the nail on the head there. For me, I think there was a massive overreaction to the Penn State loss to Illinois by, I would say, like, the, not national media, but just maybe fans nationally. I mean, you see that and you're like, dang, Penn State struggled to beat Illinois at home. Yeah, I mean, these are 18 to 21-year-olds. We say it all the time and, and even sometimes older. To get them up for 16 weeks oh, straight yeah. if you're yeah. running the table or whatever, you know, 13 weeks straight, it's a hard thing to do. Um, and they they overlooked Illinois, and they got caught. They were looking towards yep. Ohio State. They gave Ohio State their best punch possible. Oh yeah, like, uh, like Penn State played their played a great game, like near perfect game. Sean Clifford was also still very injured in that Illinois game. You yep. can clearly tell it. Um, so I think he was back 
healthy, healthier for sure in this game. And they played phenomenal. And Ohio State took every punch that they threw and still ended up winning by double digits. Yeah. I would have liked for Ohio State to make more of a statement because I think if this game is, you know, 45-7, I think Tuesday night you see uh, Ohio State very comfortably in the top four. Right. Because they have looked incredible. Granted, the uh, level of opponent they have played while they have looked that way isn't great. I understand right. that. They played Akron and so forth and so on. But, I mean, honestly, you hate it for Penn State that they lost that Illinois game. Don't get me wrong, they would still at this point have two losses. But they're a really good football team this year. Oh, yeah. Really strong defense. To hold that uh, Ohio State offense to only 33 points is yeah. it's that's very good. I mean, that's oh, yeah. super sure. well done. C.J. Stroud, again, I like what you said, puts his name in the Heisman race for sure, keeps it there. Not the highest Big Ten Heisman uh, Heisman candidate, I would I would say. Right. That belongs to somebody who wears green for the green guys. But, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, still very impressed with Ohio State. Big, like you said, big rivalry game. You come out, you get the win by double digits, you handle business, you take their best punch. Hey, keep right. it rolling. Oh, yeah, for sure. And, I, I mean, you know, we, we, we talk about Ohio State's offense all the time. Let's shout out their defense real quick. Ohio State yesterday on 29 carries only gave up 33 yards on the ground. Ohio State's defensive change from week one and two and forward has been like the most significant change I've ever seen a defense change in yeah. four or five weeks. It's phenomenal. It's incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, shout out to them for that. But, yeah, let's move on to this one. This was a kind of an SEC West matchup, which has set up a possible – Western contender here, depending on what they do at the end of the season. But, yeah. The plot thickens, brother. Ole Miss rolls into the plains. Obviously, Ole Miss only lost Alabama. They were 6-1 uh, and one as of yesterday. In a really good spot, in my opinion, to maybe be one of those sit-out teams who don't have to go play a conference championship. Yes, they were. And go to the playoffs. Not anymore. Auburn handles business. 31 of 20. Uh, Matt Corral obviously got injured kind of halfway through the game there, but winds up being 21 of 37, 289, 289 yards, one interception. If you're picking Ole Miss here, I think you picked him because of Matt Corral, and obviously that was not the case. Bo Nix outplayed him. I mean, let's be honest, Bo, Bo Nix probably not who you thought we would have said played the better quarterback position in this game, but Bo Nix, 22 of 30, 276 yards, one touchdown, and obviously Tank Bigsby, 23 carries, the tank, 140 brother. yards, one touchdown. I think Tank overall – was the big factor in this game of who could win this game. Obviously, Ole Miss's defense, not that great. Auburn was able to run on them at will. So, yeah, Auburn takes this dub, 31-20 at home. They did, and and yes, you said it right. Uh, uh, Matt Corral re-injures the ankle, and we're all sitting around, and my mom goes, oh, he's out for the game. That We, we got the pick right. We picked Auburn. We got the pick right. Yeah. And I said, no, they going to give that man a cortisone shot or yeah. something. He's coming, he'll be back. And he was back, and he didn't even feel that ankle anymore. He's it a wasn't baller. a problem. He really is. It tough, don't matter if he could feel the ankle. He was still coming back. Tough mother sucker for sure. There ain't no doubt about it. But, I mean, I'm going to toot my horn here because you, you, can, you can attest. I've been high on Auburn before, the, before yeah. they kicked off a yep. single thing. I said Brian Harson would have the most successful season out of a first-year head coach. They are they are what six and seven and seven and two, Penn State and Georgia is who they lost to. Yeah, yep. Control their own destiny in the West. Oh, completely. You literally could could play Georgia in the SEC title. Yeah, and that's phenomenal for oh, them. Oh yeah, for sure. And honestly, probably should have beat Penn State. Oh, hundred percent. Bo Nix is playing great. He is. Tank Bigsby's playing great. Yeah. The defense, because if you picked Ole Miss, I mean, if you picked Auburn. This is just my opinion. I didn't pick them because of Bo Nix. I right. picked them because of their defense. Right. Oh, because yeah. their run defense is really good, and Ole Miss 
has to lean on Matt Corral to run the ball 20 to 30 times a game for their run game to be successful. And a beat-up Matt Corral can't do that. Yeah. A healthy Matt Corral struggles to do that. For sure. And, uh, yeah, I walk away and I just go, man, Brian Harson, the job you have done at Auburn in your first year, and and, and it ain't over yet. It's you not. Know, sky's the limit yep. for you. You you need it. You you catch Alabama at home. The only thing you can't do is slip up in these last couple of games before yep. you get to the Iron Bowl. Yep. You got you got a big test this week at College Station. Big, I think yes. that's gonna be a big test. Big test. You kind of get a, a a sleepy Mississippi State team at home, and then a, a, a fairly poor South Carolina team on the road. But then the end of the season, that's obviously your big one. So don't don't look ahead. Don't look to the future. Don't look ahead. You got to make sure time. you take care of these three teams first. But that Crimson game. It's going to be big. The Iron Bowl is going to decide the fate of this Auburn team. It's been a feel. while since college day, game day was at the Iron Bowl, and if you run the table, they'll be there. Oh, 100%. I would have to fully believe that. Also, I had a patient ask me, and obviously that patient is not listening to this podcast. I did <laughs> tell, I told him about the podcast, so maybe. But they, they, as they were leaving, they said, final score prediction for Auburn. I said, uh, 31-28. So not too far off. Not 31, too far 20. off. It no. wasn't bad. So maybe they Maybe they think we know what we're doing a little yeah, bit. Maybe so. Even though my picks this year, <laughs> our straight-up picks are not great. Your position and your picks are phenomenal. Yeah, Jordan <laughs> Jordan is having an incredible year in terms of college pick He is ranked in the top 400 in the country right now. Absolutely balling. we got to give that man his flowers because he's killing it. <laughs> All right, Big Ten, game of the week. Game of college the week. College game day's there. Uh, East Lansing, you know – misty rainy gray scale yep. weather all the whole time uh michigan michigan state battle for paul bunyan's trophy i pick michigan you pick michigan state and really this is a tale of 56 minutes and four minutes yep uh michigan comes out Cade mcnamara plays the game of his life plays really well they they control the game the whole way 56 minutes in but you got to give credit where credit is due michigan state uh peyton thorne Kenneth Walker the third, they were just too much for them. They outlasted. Yep. They took Michigan's best punch, and like Mel Tucker said, championship rounds they kept chopping. What'd you see? Yeah, I agree. Well, I, I picked Michigan State in this one because because of the quarterbacks. I thought Peyton Thorne was going to be so much better than Cade McNamara, and Cade McNamara absolutely ran laps around that man. But the X factor, Michigan State. You said it. Kenneth Walker the third. That is the Heisman candidate. Big time right there. game Heisman candidate here. Kenneth Walker the third on the ground. 23 carries, 197 yards, five touchdowns. I mean, essentially scores every single one of Michigan State's on, points. On a top five defense in the country yep. in those categories. Like, don't get it twisted. He wasn't doing that versus, you know, Tulsa yeah. or Akron. That was versus yeah. Michigan's defense. It's insane. And I mean, I mean, you know, it's the game we want to write. Big rival game, Mel Tucker now 2-0 versus Michigan. Phenomenal game of the week. Yeah, yeah, like, for sure. great game. For sure. But Michigan State here stays undefeated 8-0. Michigan 7-1. and And both of you still have all the opportunity in the world. You still have big games against Penn State, a big game against Ohio State. This Big Ten is, you know, we, we said it before, they, they were probably the top conference in college football a couple weeks ago. Still are. Still, still are. Still are. But they, they – And the Big Ten East is the is the strongest yeah. division in college football. Yeah. They may have – they're, they're going to probably absolutely cannibalize each other. It's going to be interesting to see who comes out on top at the end of all these slugfests coming up. It is. But great that you mentioned that. Honestly, you come out of the game, and you, David Pollock said it best, you're just as impressed with Michigan as you are Michigan State. Both of these teams played a fantastic football game. Yep. But – Somebody's got to lose, man. When you flip the coin, somebody's got to lose, and it was the the, the Michigan team that wore that wears maize and yellow. Yeah. Um. But yeah, great game. 
Uh, Lee Corso was wrong on the pick. He took yeah. Michigan. He put the big yeah, helmet on, he and uh, and the Paul Bunyan trophy was wearing green at the end of the night. So what's his what's his record this year? Do you know off the top of your head? That's the mm. only one he's lost, isn't it? And that only had no. I think he missed one like two. Let's see. We went Georgia, Kentucky. Then where did we go? I don't remember. I, gonna, I, I, gonna, I can't go back and forth. Yeah, on we're going blank. Yeah, we listen. We're taking this thing week to week. Yeah. But I think he's missed one other okay. game. Okay. I'm not 100. percent And he, he missed the Alcorn State game in week zero too. So if you want to call, if you want to count that, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll give him a buy on that. One. I, I give him a buy on that also. I call it the regular season as well. Uh, so yeah, pretty 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 solid slate of games right there. And speaking of slates of games, brother, killing me, man. Quick hits, a two minute drill. If you don't know, let me put you on game. Jordan and I are about to go back and forth, breaking down about 10 to 12 games that we didn't have time to take a massive deep dive into, but we still wanted to let you know how it turned out. So strap in. We're about to go back and forth here, tennis racket style, quick hits, a two-minute offense. Yep. Uh, I can start this off for you. So Coastal Carolina coming off the bad upset last week against uh, Appalachian State. Dropped all the way back from 14 to number 24. Takes on Troy at home. Great game for the Trojans here. I gotta be honest with you. Gunner Watson, seventeen to thirty, two hundred twenty-five yards, three touchdowns. Uh, Grayson McCall for Coastal Carolina, fourteen to twenty-six, two hundred ninety-four yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Coastal Carolina survives at home, thirty-five to twenty-eight. Was able to score one more touchdown than Troy in the second quarter, and that was the difference in this game. Number two, Cincinnati and the two-lane green wave played. And guess what? Speaking of green waves, that's what Cincinnati's doing to their playoff hopes. Waving bye to them. Cincinnati gets the win 31-12, to but this is the second week in a row that Cincinnati has played a one-win team and struggled heavily. Cincinnati, you got to blow out your opponents. This is now the second week in a row where you didn't, and I think it's going to cost you. Number seven, Oregon still in the playoff hunt. Pac-12 matchup here. Takes on Colorado at home. Gets a huge dub here, 52-29. Anthony Brown, huge bounce-back game from a poor showing against UCLA last week. 25-31, 307 yards, three touchdowns. But don't sleep on Brendan Lewis from Colorado, who went 25-33, 224 yards, three touchdowns. Had a great game for Colorado, just could not get it done. Camp Randall was jumping around in the fourth quarter. Wisconsin and number nine ranked Iowa. Vegas was telling you all day who was going to win, and surprise, surprise, Vegas was right. When you lose the turnover battle four to nothing, you normally don't win ball games. Wisconsin gets the win 27 to seven, and Graham Mertz completes 11 passes. I think that's a season high 11 completions for 104 yards and a single touchdown. Allen, their running back, 20 carries, 104 yards. They were just too much for the Hawkeyes. UNC takes on Notre Dame in South Bend. Notre Dame still trying to get a playoff spot here. Notre Dame does take the dub here, 44-34. to 34. Jack Cohn, 16-24, 213 yards, one touchdown. Sam Howell, guy who we thought was going to be in this Heisman race early on the season, try to do it all for uh, UNC here. 24-31, 341 yards through the, air, through the air. One touchdown, one interception. Led North Carolina in rushing, 18 carries, 91 yards, one touchdown, but was not enough to get the dub for the Tar Heels, uh, Notre Dame moves on with still with only one loss. SEC East, I mean, SC East versus SC West matchup here. Mississippi State versus Kentucky on a night where Mississippi State is honoring their collegiate World Series program there. Will Rogers comes out and has a career night, record-setting night, and completes a percentage 36 of 39 for 344 and a touchdown. 
and Vegas was also telling you, pick the Bulldogs here. And let's be honest, the Bulldogs in Maroon absolutely got it done. Again, Kentucky, you don't win many football games losing the turnover battle 4 to nothing. Mississippi State gets the win, and Kentucky down bad 31-17. Number 17, Pitt, coming off a win against Clemson last week. Whoever thought I would have said that. 6-1 and one coming in this game in the ACC championship hunt and also playoff spot hunt, if we're being honest. But gets upset by a four by a three and four Miami team at the time. Now four and four, 38 to 34. Kenny Pickett, who is probably a good Heisman front runner here, had a little bit of struggle. 39 to 55, 519 yards through there. That's an insane game. But three touchdowns and two picks was the difference. Van Dyke from Miami has been balling ever since Derrick King got hurt. 32 of 42, 426 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. What would have happened if he had started the season off for Miami? I wonder. That is a good question. A little bit of a non-Power 5 football here for you in an absolute shock. Houston and number 19 SMU squared off last night, and there's no bigger fan of SMU than the Cincinnati Bearcats. And sadly, SMU didn't quite do it. Tanner Mordecai had a serviceable game, 24-37, 305 yards, three touchdowns, and a pick. But Toon, the quarterback for Houston, just guts and glory, 27-37, of 412 and four touchdowns, and Houston gets the massive upset. Huge Big 12 game here. Number 16, Baylor was 6-1, and one, still on the hunt for that Big 12 title game, as well as a playoff spot. Survives against the Horns, 31-24. of 24. 31-24. Gary Bohannon entering this game was 12 touchdowns, one interception on the year. Throws two picks in this game, but Baylor Bears managed to survive from a pretty decent showing by Casey Thompson, 23-38, of 38, 280 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Baylor... I think the big the big thing with Baylor in this game is their defense was able to keep B. John Robinson at bay. 17 carries, only 43 yards. An ACC matchup here that I never would say that both teams come in unranked. Clemson and FSU squared off. FSU with a couple back-to-back wins here trying to save the season for Mike Norvell. Played pretty well, just not good enough. DJU has a kind of another struggle game. 19-31, 189 yards, a touchdown and a pick. And if you had the over... And if you had Clemson with the points, I bet you were celebrating. But if you did not, a fumble with negative five seconds on the clock absolutely stole money out of your pocket. I'm sorry, but Clemson gets another struggle win. Pac-12 matchup here. My, how far has UCLA fallen? We thought UCLA was going to be something at the beginning of the year. Gets absolutely slobber knocked by Utah. 44-24, to Utah takes the dub at home. Uh, Cameron rising for Utah, 17-27, 179 yards, one touchdown. Ethan Garbers has come in for relief of uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, 27-44, 265 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. Zach Charbonnet had a little bit of a slower game here, 11 carries, 65 yards, one touchdown. Both those guys weren't enough, and Utah takes the dub at home. Last game we're going to cover in one of the last games of the night, Fresno State Bulldogs and San Diego State University come out. Jake Hayner, I mean, just absolutely tough as nails. The man probably eats him for breakfast. 25 of 42, 306 yards and a touchdown. Limping about the whole game. Gets the massive upset. And one of the final seven undefeated teams falls with number 21, San Diego State, taking a loss. Massive win there for the Fresno State Bulldogs. Absolutely. And that'll do it for quick hits. A two-minute offense. Brother, look at Miami and what they have done the last two weeks. I'm telling you. NC State, Pitt. 
That's yeah. phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, look at where they were. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're only four and four. I get it. They're batting 500, but did you ever think they were going to win those two ball games? No, and they still got four more games to get uh, bowl eligible. They really do. They really do. Man, dude, we kind of crushed that. I, was, I think that was the best I, we've done. I think we're getting better. I think, getting I think better. ESPN, well, you know, I mean, ESPN's been calling, but, you know, I don't feel like answering those emails. Nah, I'm, I'm more small time. Yeah, same here. I'd rather, you know, just chill with you guys. All right. Yeah. So, we know now. Uh, we have we have had nine weeks of football. Yeah. And the uh, first college football ranking, playoff college football rankings, will come out on Tuesday. Yeah. Um, I think a couple stories going in has to be, where do they rank – Cincinnati, yeah, and then where do where do your undefeated teams sit versus your one loss teams? Your right. undefeated teams being your Michigan States, your Oklahomas, your one losses being your Oregon's, your Ohio right. States, and your Alabamas. Uh, so speaking of that, I think we should give our playoff six here. Yeah, I'm I'm guessing Kentucky won't be there for you this week. Not this week. Not this no, week. No. They won't. Maybe Mississippi State. No, no. Okay, not not, not them either. All right, you want to start us off at, at number six? I'll start it off. Number six, I'm dropping them, boys. I'm dropping them. Cincinnati. I had them at two. No, I had them at three last week. I don't remember. I had them at two or three last week. They're, they're, they're dropping. I mean, let's be honest here. They, they, they struggled win this week against Tulane, a one in six team. They struggled last week against Navy, a one in six team. I mean, at some point, I have to assume they may slip up and lose. I think they're getting a little bit of the rat poison this year. They've obviously never been in this big of a spotlight. They're here now. I mean, guys, you're going to have to cover these spreads to get in the playoffs. You're a group of five team. Your only ranked team left on your schedule lost last night to Houston. You need to double those spreads. So, yeah, you you got to win big here, and you're not doing it. I, I'm not going to say Cincinnati's out just yet. But they're creeping in that direction more and more each week with these struggle wins. I, I'm with you. Uh, speaking of Cincinnati and number six, they're not there for me. Cincinnati is not going to be in my top six. That doesn't mean they're not there in the end. That just means right now this is a week-to-week thing. The committee will tell you every week we wipe the slate clean, we examine it again. For me, this week, Cincinnati's not in. You mentioned it perfectly. They're struggling to win. And the only other team they were going to play that has any talent just lost. Yep. That doesn't help you. Uh, my number six team is going to be Oregon. And I want to say this. And this is – I don't mind saying this, but I'm going to say I was wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, I would say we were wrong, but I'm not going to speak for Mr. Harris. The Pac-12 <laughs> is, is, is not out anymore. Mm-hmm. Enough chaos has happened. And maybe Oregon loses, you know, tomorrow. Right. They won't. You get what I'm saying. But as of right now, they still need a little help. But I completely eliminated the Pac-12 from the playoff, and I'm here to tell you right now they are not. They are very much they very much have a chance. So you're telling me there's a chance they get my number six spot. Uh, big win versus Colorado. I mean, you handle business. You you still give up 30 points there, but your offense comes along. Uh, Die has really done well replacing C.J. Verdal. I think they are a much better team with C.J. Verdal. Right. I mean, you're thinking, listen, Anthony Brown's a running quarterback, very Cam Newton-esque right. and body type and makeup. And him being able to run that read option and then obviously go RPO and throw out of it with Verdal and with his you know, frame gives them a much better dynamic. So, so uh, Oregon gets my number six spot. Just go ahead and give my number five. It's going to be Ohio State. Um, Ohio State, who has looked very, very dominant and very good uh, coming into this game at Penn State, handles business. Um, but unfortunately for them right now, 
and this this will work itself out. Mm-hmm. There is another Big Ten team who has a better resume than they do, mm-hmm. and has also looked really good doing it. Couple of close losses. We'll get there. I mean, couple of close wins. We'll get there. Yeah. But as of now, number six Oregon, and I know they've played head to head. We'll get to that too. Number five Ohio State. How about you? Gotcha. I'm going to put Oklahoma at number five for me. Um, Oklahoma absolutely dominated Texas Tech in a Big 12 showdown yesterday. Caleb Williams looked like he might have solved the quarterback problems from for Oklahoma. I'm not there yet. I got to see what he does, you know, the next game or two to, to confirm that. And that's why I have them at number five. They, they've skidded by some teams they should have beat out badly. This was obviously a great game for them, great step in the right direction. I think – I don't think – I know if they continue to play like this – They'll be in the playoffs easily. But as of right now, I'm putting them number five because I don't know what they're going to do moving forward. I'll go ahead and get my number four. First team in for me, Sparty, Michigan State. Huge statement win for them against uh, a top ten matchup with Michigan this week. Obviously, moving forward, we're going to have to see what Kenneth Walker and Paint Thorne can do. they got a lot more a lot more meat on the schedule. they still got to play Penn State. Still got to play Ohio State. So, I'm going to see what they can do. They could very well be a top two or three team moving forward. But as of right now, I'm going to put Sparty as number 14. So, um, I'm just going to tip the calf of Jordan here. You're going to have a one-loss Big Ten East team over an undefeated Big Ten East they, team. They may not be in uh, I yeah. think they'll probably be in there. So, I'll put Oklahoma at four. I know they are undefeated. I know Sparty's undefeated. I'll go ahead and kind of tip my cap here. Sparty has a top ten win. Uh, Oklahoma, at this point, does not and they have struggled with some lesser opponents. Michigan State has also, but listen, that's just the season that we're dealt right now. This is the hand that we're being dealt. It's kind of tough sledding here when you're getting in these two, three, fours. I mean, you still have Cincinnati looming out there that's undefeated, but I'll have Oklahoma here at four. For now, they are in a massive test coming up for them. You know, they got three ball games left on their schedule that – you know, they could potentially lose all three of them. We'll have to sit back and see. But Oklahoma State comes out and beats Kansas like 55-7. to seven. That, that yeah. doesn't look good for Oklahoma. No. You know, we, we, we will start having to look at common opponents here as we move forward when we're comparing these teams. So Oklahoma gets my number four spot. And as I mentioned, uh, number three, Michigan State here for me. Uh, massive win against Michigan. A top ten battle with all eyes on you and you get the win. And, you know, two of these teams will play. Yeah. Michigan State and, and, and Ohio State will meet. Oh, yeah. And uh, the better team will win on that day. And uh, that one will work itself out. And we'll have somebody eliminated from contention here. But as of now, I got Michigan State at three and Oklahoma at four. I like it. Yeah, I mean, you kind of called it. Number three for me is Ohio State. I had them at two last week, I believe. I dropped them back. Um, they, they they struggled against Penn State. Obviously, that's a huge robbery game. So many, so much going around that game. Sean Clifford was healthy and back. Can I ask you a question? Ask me. Does your because I, I think the answer for me is yes. Does your playoff ranking change today if Ohio State had beat Penn State uh, fifty to fourteen? I put them at two. Agreed. I think instead of three, they would be ahead of Michigan State for yeah. me if they had done yeah. that. So so yeah, closer game, closer game than I would like to have seen. But yeah, I I, th- I still think Ohio State is trending upwards. Um, For sure. I think if they play Oregon again next week, they, they beat Oregon pretty handily, I think. I think they're a lot better now than they were weeks one and two of the season. So, for that reason, Ohio State's number three. My number two is was on a bye week this week. Nothing to say about them, really. But Alabama, it's just because of how Ohio State played this week. I'm going to put Alabama ahead of Ohio State. 
But, yeah, I mean, I, I think obviously Alabama kind of speaks for itself. Yep. Rinse and repeat. We'll also go ahead and do what the college football playoff committee will do when they show their top six. They'll reveal number one first because everybody's number one is the same. Yep. It's Georgia. Georgia once again comes out and smashes a team that this time the nation thought would be a close game. Well, yep. it wasn't. Uh, Georgia's my number one team and, and copy-paste for me as well. Yeah. Alabama's the number two team in the country. Uh, again, they still have some tests in front of them. Georgia and Alabama will work themselves out in December most likely. Uh, so for me, yeah, Georgia number one, Alabama number two. You mentioned it. They played BYE this week. Not much to discuss there. But it, for me, if I'm picking Alabama at two, it's because of Bryce Young. Oh, yeah. That that man does not have the best offensive line, and he is as smooth as molasses rolling down a hill. I mean, come on now. I mean, it is what it is, and that's where I'm going. I got you. I like it. Same for you. Oh, yeah, Georgia, number one. I, I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that. No, they're not. Blowout win against Florida. They haven't allowed over 13 points in a game this year. I mean, it, I think I read yesterday defense is averaging, giving up five and a half points a game. It's, it's yeah, it's All Georgia. Right. So, so th- I'm very excited about this. <laughs> this is this is crazy for me because I thought about this. So last night I'm driving back uh, from Donaldsonville to Dothan. It's like midnight later, and uh, I thought about a scenario. Okay. And I want to run this by you. Run. And it. I got so and, and for you listening at home as well. This we're gonna do this like ESPN 30 for 30. What if I told you? <laughs> what if I told you that a one loss big that that a one loss Big Ten champion? Uh huh. No Big Ten team makes the playoff. What what is the strongest conference in college football this year? Big Ten. And the strongest division is the East. Yeah. Right. Right. So let me paint you a scenario here. Okay. Okay. Oklahoma, and and these are all things that may not happen, but have a chance to. Okay. Oklahoma runs the table. Yeah. Big Twelve champion. Yeah. Oregon runs the table. One loss Pac Twelve champion. Mm-hmm. Ohio State runs the table. Big Ten champion. And Alabama, who has proven they've done it, that they've owned this rivalry, beats Georgia in Atlanta. That sets up a Georgia team who would 100% be in, according to all other aspects. Right. An Alabama team who would be a one-loss SEC champion who's for sure in. Yeah. An undefeated Oklahoma, who you can't leave out, Big 12 champion. And Oregon, a one-loss Pac-12 champion whose win happens to be against the... Big Ten Ohio State one-loss champion. Right. Could you imagine? Because, okay, I know what you're saying here. Or Ohio State's uh, resume will be better, this, that, and the other. The purest form of who is better in this sport is head-to-head matchup. These two teams met on Ohio State's field. Yeah. And Oregon beat them. You cannot, the integrity of the playoff would shatter at its core, and none of it would matter if they put a, a one-loss Ohio State in over a one-loss Oregon team. Could you imagine the best conference in college football in the best division in college football gets completely left out? I mean... And all of those things are very possible. The conversation, though, is Oregon Oregon has almost lost to a now 5-4 and four UCLA... I agree, and they did lose to an unranked three and two Stanford. I agree, not a not a, not their, a great their, loss their there. Their conference, this, their conference is way more diluted. There's no doubt. There's no so doubt. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I, so you're telling me that you would leave out, and and this is, I mean, to me, the answer to this question, if it is yes, if you would leave out, and I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about the the actual committee. 
Right. If you would leave out a team over a team that literally beat them, and they didn't just beat them. Don't let that seven-point win fool you. Yeah. They dominated that football game in the shoot. Right. You can't leave them out. You can't. The integrity of the playoff would be – it wouldn't matter anymore. You would literally yeah. go mm. – if that was the case – and 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 the the that's what mattered. You take then why are we gonna get why would Georgia schedule Oregon next year? Why would, let's just play crappy teams, beat the fool out of them. I agree. And go. I don't. know. I mean, isn't that what essentially Clemson's done every year and Notre Dame when you think about it? Yeah, great I mean, great point. Yeah. I mean, I I don't I don't know. I, I get the sentiment, but I guess the the, the conversation they have is four best teams. I guess and, we're and, talking about that. Right, and I completely and, agree. And that is the statement, right, is we want to find the four best teams. But the what is the purest way of finding a best team out of two teams? Let them play football. Head to head. But yeah. the, the, the conversation goes like this, too, is is Ohio State's loss to Oregon the second week of the season, is that worse or better than Oregon's loss to Stanford midway through the season when you should have everything figured oh, out? Oh, there's no doubt that, that that the team who wins that battle is Ohio State. The problem is the team you're competing against beat you. I agree. I, I don't That's know. crazy, isn't it? Let's just let them play again. Yeah, let them play one more time. Yeah, just a, just a, just just a tiebreaker. Add on, yeah, tiebreaker tie game. I thought of that the other night, last night, and I was like, that's legit possible. Let Ohio State play the first half of whatever playoff game it is, and Oregon play the second half, and whatever team does better. Yeah, whoever puts up the most points. Yeah. Completely fair. They should definitely do that. Yeah. Speaking of playoff questions that we have, I, uh, we've got a couple questions here from, from some listeners, and I think these are great. We're going to make it a segment, playoff questions. These are questions we need answered moving forward to clear out the playoffs here. And one of them we just kind of went over. Oklahoma. Yeah. Three massive games ahead of them. Mm-hmm. Baylor coming off a big win versus Texas. They got to play Oklahoma State. Let's be honest, Bedlam is, an, is just a, one of the greatest rivalries for me. Right. And they got to play Iowa State. Yeah. Who's played spoiler to a couple teams already. Right. Looking at you, Oklahoma State. Also, apologies. I said last week Texas beat Oklahoma State twice. I was living in the week before. Oklahoma State clearly won that game. So, my apologies. Does Oklahoma lose? One of those three ball games. You don't have to tell me which one. Do they lose one of those three ball games? Because I think we can assume if they lose one of those three ball games because you're losing late. Yeah, you might be out. Might be. I Do agree. they lose one of those ball games? If you'd asked me this last week, it's 100 percent yes. Um, after seeing what they do to Texas Tech, uh, it, under my assumption that they this is was not a fluke and they've all of a sudden somehow got it together. No, they do not. I think if they continue, if Caleb Williams plays his game like he did this past week, I think if they play like they did moving forward, I think they'd run the table and win out. If they can't do that, yes, they will 100% win, lose one of these ball games. Okay. I think this weekend, Caleb Williams is a great quarterback. I mean, he's played very, very well. We, we can't take that away from him. I mean, the play he made at Kansas, honestly, probably won in the ball game. Might have been a knucklehead play, but it won in the ball game. Um Texas, you need knucklehead plays. Yes, you ball do. Games. Texas Tech is down bad right now. They just fired their coach, you know, for reasons. And uh, they had an interim head coach. They're not that great to begin with. And they still put up put up a couple points on Oklahoma. Yeah. The Oklahoma defense is not great. They will lose one of those three ball games. I fully believe it. And if yep. they don't, you'll hear me get on the podcast just like I did today about Oregon and tell you, hey, I was wrong. I fully believe they lose one of those three ball games. And if I had to pick... I think the Baylor Bears beat them. Yeah, Baylor's look good. I, I mean, Baylor, I think that if they lose a the game, I think I agree. I think Dave Aranda's 
preaching defense, and Baylor's got a great defense, and they also can put up points. I mean, you got the number one running back in the country. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. This past week, and if you can stop Oklahoma's offense, well, you're going to slice through their defense like a knife through butter. Yeah. So I fully believe that. I like it. Question number two. Okay. Which quarterback gives the University of Georgia <laughs> the best chance to win a national title? Um, uh, Stetson jo- Bennett, Joe Cox, or JT Daniels. Um, this is a conversation being had by Georgia fans, fans of every other team. Kirby Smart probably is asking his wife at night when they're laying next to each other, "Hey, what should I do?" He's not. He knows exactly what yeah. he's going to do, and he and he'll make the best decision for his program. But if you were the head coach and your goal was to win a national title, what quarterback gives you the best chance to do it? This question is is thick with about four C's. Um, and, and the reason is not, it's, you know, Stets more mobile, JT's not. That's not the reason, to, to my opinion. The reason is, is you saw it yesterday. Why why does Stet all of a sudden play super inconsistent? In my opinion, it's because he knows JT's healthy. He knows he's got somebody breathing down his neck. When JT was hurt, you, I don't think Kirby's going to put in Carson Beck over Stetson Bennett if Stetson struggles a little bit. I don't think that's the case. I think he knows, though, if he struggles some, JT Daniels is probably coming in that game, and if he lets JT come back in the game, your your tenure at Georgia is over. Um, but that being said, I, I think Stet has continually shown us where his ceiling lies, and I just don't think it's high enough. I think JT cuts out mistakes that Stett gives you. I think, obviously, Stett being more mobile. I said it earlier when we talked about Georgia, Florida. Stett made plays in that game JT doesn't make because of his legs. But I also don't think JT throws two interceptions deep downfield into double, double coverage. I think for that reason, I think JT is your answer. If Stead can somehow manage to keep his feelings at bay and keep his keep poise and not make those mistakes, I think it's Destin Bennett. But I don't think he's shown me enough. I don't think he does that. So I'm going with JT Daniels. That's a great breakdown, and and I agree with a lot that you said. Um, obviously, Stead's the more mobile guy. You know, yesterday he made a couple plays rolling out of the pocket that JT Daniels would not have been able to make. Um, to me, where the X factor is is JT Daniels' uh, quarterback mind. I think he knows the game better. He is obviously the more uh, pure passer. There's no doubt about that. And he showed last year in spots, he's more mobile than you think. Oh, yeah. The dude can dip, dive, dip, dodge, dive, and dip, and dodge. Um, as to, to For me, and this no way undermines what Stetson Bennett has done for the University of Georgia. He is, if you don't have a 13 jersey signed by him on your wall, you should probably do it. What he has done for the university is incredible. I agree. But for me, it's JT Daniels. Right. Um, I don't know if you beat an Alabama, an Ohio State, a Michigan State, playing the way he did yesterday. Right. Now, the way, look at the way he played against Kentucky. Those yeah. stats will beat anybody in, in college football 100%. this year. They will. And if that's the product that you can get, because let's be honest, we have one, and, and you can't call it a bad game, we have one subpar game from Stetson Bennett this year. Yeah. And it was yesterday. And we still won by 21 points just about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and should have had a shutout because your defense is going to carry the load. But you look at – here's the play that, that, that kind of, for me, jumps out. It's the one where Stetson Bennett rolls out. There's a, a corner blitz, and he's on him like that, right? Yeah. You can't even throw it. And Stet rolls out and does it. I want to assume 
that JT picks up on that, slides protection, puts Zeus on the other side, right. and says, hey, here's what's coming. Pick it up and let me throw this football. Yeah. And that, for me, is the X factor that I think will beat an Alabama. Right. Or an Ohio State. Or anybody else that we play. So, for me, and it'll be so interesting to see what the, what decisions get made. Yeah. Especially by the time we play Tennessee, where you might actually have to put up some points to beat them. Right. Who is the guy from that, that Kirby sends out I there? I agree. Because Kirby said in his press conference, the only, he said the only reason that Stetson Bennett was out there was due to continuity, that, that JT just hadn't been able to get the reps in. Well, that tells me that if he had been able to get the reps in, he would have played. Number 18 would have been out there. Yeah. So, and obviously, we're not at practice. We're not the coaches. Whatever decision they make will be the best decision that they feel possible because obviously they're not going to put out something that they don't think is going to win. Right. So, moving forward. So, we're both JT Daniels. Yep. And we're split on Oklahoma. Yep. The final question. Possibly the most tough, and we've already discussed it a little bit. If, let's say, all things remain equal. If Oregon runs the table and Ohio State runs the table and they there's one spot left, who do you give it to? I'm going Ohio State. I mean, I know I know we can we can talk about Oregon, Ohio State all day. The factoring in past the lost Oregon, Ohio State has looked like the better team down the stretch, and Ohio State will have the better wins. They'll have roughly a top fifteen win against Michigan. Most likely a top five win against Michigan State. And then, you know, they got the win against Penn State. I think going down the stretch, Ohio State is just going to have the firepower to look better to the committee than Oregon. With your final answer, I could not disagree more. But the argument you just posed could not be have done more well. That was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I completely agree with everything that you said. They'll have the better wins. They will probably look like the better team. That's, you could not have said that any better. But as for me, the purest form, if me and you want to know who's the strongest, and we go and we both bench press 280 and you can do it and I can't, you're better than me at mm-hmm. that. They did, they did that. They right. competed against each other. And, and, and I cannot stress this enough. In the shoe. This was not a, an Oregon game at night in, in – on their home turf in the pond. This was in the shoe. And Oregon didn't – they didn't beat them on a last-second field goal like Texas A&M did Alabama. They beat the brakes off of them in every aspect of the game of college football. Oh, yeah. Defense, offense, special teams. We have to honor as the committee – and I'm not on the committee. I'm going to speak for them, though. We have to honor head-to-head matchups. We have to give these if, – if we want these big entertaining matchups, which let's be honest, football is about one thing. Money. Money. Yeah. Cha-ching. You want people to tune in, then you make Georgia versus uh, Clemson. You make games like Alabama versus Texas. Yeah. You you want to see these teams play big teams? Put them in. And I hate that Ohio State would get the backside of the reward for playing the big game, but you played a big game and you lost. And the team that beat you should deserve their flowers. Right. I have to go Oregon. And I agree with you that they might not be the better team in the grand scheme of it, but compared to Ohio State, we can factually say they were the better team. I see the argument. And it's know. like, how do you go against yeah. that? Because I, I, and, the, and the thing is, is I'm 
I, I understand the sport enough that and the sentiment of the the the, the what is it called the the mission statement of the pro of the, yeah. the committee. We want the four best teams, and I see that, and I get it. But what better definition of a better team than if they played you and beat you? Yeah, I agree. It'll that be. is so loaded, and I they, pray they better hope they don't have to. I pray make they that don't decision. have to make that decision. Yeah. Like I, I really do. I which agree. I'll tell you this: what better way to get an expansion than to put people in positions I that agree. are impossible yeah. to answer? Hundred yeah, percent. Because let's be honest. As confident as I am that you would have to put Oregon in because the purest form of who's better is play the game and see who wins. Yeah. There are people on your side who are probably just as no Ohio State's better on oh, yeah. paper, on yeah. game film. And I, I, I see both arguments. Now let's pick some football games. Yeah. Dude, those are some loaded questions. Yeah. Great are. submitted questions right there, by the yeah. way. That's phenomenal. People are doing some some A one thinking. Oh yeah, for sure. So next week's slate of games is how would you say it? Slow. Not the greatest. Yeah. Honestly, the that. SEC is loaded next week. Right. Some great yeah. head-to-head matchups there. But around the league, not so much. Speaking of SEC matchups, Tennessee, Kentucky. Yeah. Kentucky coming off a pretty bad loss there to uh, to Mississippi State. Um, and Tennessee, who, with Hendon Hooker, can put some points up. Yeah. Where are they playing? Playing in Kentucky. No line yet, but Kentucky at night. Kentucky at night. Bluegrass State. Bluegrass. They'll probably have the chrome domes on reflecting off them headlights. Yeah. You want to pick it or you want me to? I'll take it. Tennessee. I'm I'm going with Kentucky in the bounce back game. Really? Kentucky at home at night. I, I think the X factor for them here is going to be Christian, Chris uh, Rodriguez, Jr. Yeah. 135 carries, 809 yards, five touchdowns on the season. Tennessee is giving up a decent amount, 144 yards a game on the ground. I think he can take them longer than that. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be hard fall. I think Hendon Hooker is going to going to terrorize Kentucky all night. But I think with Chris Rodriguez Jr., I'm going to give Kentucky the edge in a bounce back game. I go Tennessee. You know, I, I see what Tennessee has done this season, especially against teams like Alabama, and especially later on, like the same Tennessee who team that played Florida is not the same Tennessee team who played uh, Alabama. Right. Tennessee has a great offense. Defensively, you you pointed out that's where they will struggle if they do. But uh, I like the offensive matchup. I like what Hendon Hooker's doing. I like the job Josh Heupel is doing over there. He's also had a really good season, you yeah. know, with what he has and what they've done. And even the games they've lost, they have competed mightily in. Uh, you know, I'll still stand by this. The Pitt Panthers, who obviously they just lost that game against Miami last week. Right. If Hendon Hooker plays that whole game and Joe Milton the third yeah. don't start, yeah, I agree. They beat they beat them early on in the I season. Agree. So we'll split on the first. We'll that split. might be the yeah. first time we've ever done that. I like it. Yep. Give me another one. Who you so, want? Yeah. Uh, referencing earlier in the show, but Auburn taking on Texas A and M at College Station, top fifteen matchup. Twelve Auburn, thirteen A and M. Who you got? Rolling with the Tigers. Yep. I mean, I know it's at Kyle Field. Um, but for me, the Auburn defense, they've shut down good running backs, and they have a good running back. And to me, this one comes down to Tank Bigsby versus Isaiah Spiller. Yeah. And I like I like Auburn. I like what they do. I, As crazy as it sounds, I think I trust Bo Nix more than I do Zach Calzada. Yeah. As crazy as that sounds, I think this is an extremely close game. Yeah. If you pick Texas A&M in this game, I would say, yeah, of course. And if you picked Auburn in this game, I would say, yeah, of course. Um. Yeah, I got to go Bo Nix and Auburn on the road with a massive win 
to, to I'm gonna be honest. That gauntlet that they have to run, Ole Miss to get to Alabama is huge. If they can do that, yeah. I mean, screw it. Win or lose against Alabama, what a season! Oh yeah, for sure, I agree. But for now, I think I got to go Auburn. But yeah. man, that's ugh. I'm not co- I'm not near as confident as I am about old, as it was Ole Miss. But give me Auburn by one. It's funny you mentioned the the, the running backs in this game because right now Auburn's giving up 127 yards on the ground a game. Texas A&M 129. So very Even. very equal rushing defenses here, but. I, I, as as much as I think this is blasphemy on my part to say this, I trust Bo Nix more than I trust Zach Calzada. And in, in all honesty, Bo Nix has not been for the last few weeks, but o- overall in his career at Auburn, king of inconsistency. We're going to see what he does this week. If he's if he's consistent like he has been the past couple of days, I think Auburn wins this game not not handedly but easily. I think they I think they easily win this game. If he plays like he did against Arkansas and he plays like he did against yeah. Ole Miss, they'll beat him. Oh, yeah, like, there's no doubt 100%. about it. The the X factor is the twelfth man. Yeah, which I won't be surprised if Texas A&M is favored. I don't think we have a line yet. Yeah, no, not yet. The 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 line will probably be in favor of Texas A&M right. because of that so, very reason. Yeah, especially if it's a night game. Yeah, but but I'm gonna I, go. I'm gonna go Auburn. All right, there you go. All right, All right let's see here. Another, uh, well, let's let's get, let's jump conferences here. Texas and Iowa State. Uh, I think they both have the same record. I think Texas has been so inconsistent, man. Which yeah. you also got to look at it too. You know, I think it's something like four of their losses, three or four of their losses have come off one score. Right, and that's just that's tough. I mean, you look at the Oklahoma game, the Oklahoma State game. Even this weekend at Baylor, they're losing by just the the smallest of margins. Right, and you know the uh, the dude on twenty four seven calls them a bounce ball game. Yeah, there's one play in the game that bounces the 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 way you don't need it to, and they've had about three of those games. Yep, and they're playing an Iowa State team who is more inconsistent than they are. Yeah, you look at the Iowa State that 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 uh, that just beat Oklahoma State. They look fantastic. Yeah, and then they come and they lay an egg this week to West Virginia. Right. I mean, you know, the so the we'll call this the 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 battle of the inconsistent Big Twelve teams, <laughs> and in that, who is the home team? Iowa State playing at home, Doesn't seven thirty matter. game. Give me Texas. Give you taking Texas. Yeah, I think I'm gonna take Texas. I trust because I mean, the only thing I don't trust about Texas is their defense. I like Texas's offense. Nope, talk myself out of it. Give me the home team. It's Iowa State. I was about to say I'm it on, is Iowa I'm State. I'm about to tell you a stat. You uh, yes, change exactly. That pick. It's Brees Hall and it's the Texas defense. Give me Brees Hall. Give me Iowa State by three. So here's where I'm at with this game, right? Texas, Texas is coming off three straight losses, and everything in me wants to say bounce back game for the Horns. Here's, the defense is awful. Man. The defense it's is so awful. bad. 432 yards a game compared to 291 for Iowa State. The biggest thing here. Iowa State's only giving up around 101 yards on the ground per game. If you can neutralize B. John Robinson, Texas doesn't have a chance. Texas is giving up double that on the ground, 201. I think Brees Hall, Hall going to feast. Brees Hall is going to be the X factor in this game. I think Brees Hall is going to get them the dub. I do like Casey Thompson more. Than I like Brock Purdy, but give, give me Brees Hall and the Cyclones. Completely, we're in agreement there. Yeah, you, you you actively heard me live change my mind. Talk myself out of it. I was trying, man. I like Texas a lot. I was high on Steve Sarkeesian coming into it, so I'm trying to ride with him, but that's not the right pick. Well, I mean, Iowa I'm State being, is. I'm being honest. I feel like you would have changed your mind as soon as I gave you that stat right there with well, the defense. Well, when I watched game film and did a deep dive into it, probably would have anyways. All right. Let's go back to uh, the SEC. Yeah. Mississippi State, Arkansas. Woo. 
These are these aren't key like big matchup, but like they're tough. These are tough. That's a great game. There, it's yeah. a great college football game. Um, I'll go ahead and go. Mississippi, who's the home team? Arkansas's at home. Let the people know. Four o'clock game. Arkansas's at home. Four o'clock. I like Arkansas because I think Mississippi State comes off the letdown from Kentucky. Yeah. Arkansas at home. I still love what they're doing over there. Sam Pittman. You know, what a great story at the beginning of the season. Obviously, right. it didn't pan out the way we wanted it to. They ran into Georgia, and then from there, it was kind of just downhill. Yep. But I still think they're big. They're physical. They play hard. They'll play hard at home. That is a tough place to play. Just ask Texas. And uh, I think they get it done. Again, another really close game. Let's go four. Arkansas like minus four. I like it. The, the, the defense here, to me, is what's uh, – Arkansas is a much more balanced team. They do love to run. They love to run. Mississippi, with that, with the quarterback, they yeah, can. Right. Mississippi State's only giving up 89.6 running yards a game, though, which is crazy. Then again, Arkansas is only giving up 167 passing yards, and what does Mississippi State love to do? Pass the ball. I will say this, though. Mississippi State has not played a mobile quarterback like they're right, fixing no, to run into. 100%. I mean, you look at the teams that they have played – you know, there's from Texas A&M to Kentucky to, to Mississippi, yeah, Mississippi State played Alabama, and you saw yeah. what happened when they played Alabama. Oh yeah, the one mobile quarterback, which let's be honest, that's Bryce Young. He's generational, but still. Yeah, I agree. I, I got to take Arkansas. So fact, like you said, I think KJ has the ability to run on this team, but more than that, I think Arkansas has the ability to balance it out and pass the ball when they need to. So I think for that reason, I think they have a good shot to beat Mississippi State here, especially at home. So yeah, give me Woo Pig. Wupuksui and the game of the week. And no, you're not having a stroke. You're going to hear this correctly. Cincinnati versus Tulsa. Mm. I was listening to Stanford Steve and the Bears podcast last week. And he said, what are the odds we get the, we get the Cincinnati game? And Bears said, we're pushing for it. And I guess they got it. If I was picking, I would have gone uh, Ole Miss and uh, – uh, not Ole Miss, I'm sorry. Auburn and A&M. A&M. I think that's an incredible matchup there with massive playoff implications. Maybe they're trying to give Cincinnati a final push in the spotlight of America. I don't know. But obviously, the pick of Cincinnati. You don't even need to break it down. The pick it like, I mean, yeah. come on, bro. Yeah. yeah. The pick of Cincinnati. It, it is Cincinnati. Line hasn't been released yet. I mean, Tulsa's 3-5. and five. Cincinnati finally gets a 3-30 game. So, th- th- they're going to break that streak. Wow. But C- Cincinnati, my only comment to you is you got to handle business. You got to go out. I you might have already blown your shot. Yeah. But – from here on out, give yourself the yeah. best chance possible. I mean, we haven't got the spread yet, but doesn't I mean, matter. It, it, Cincinnati's the favorite. Cincinnati wins. Yeah. I mean, come on. Cover it. There's literally no breakdown. Somebody who don't know football can look at this game and go, oh, Cincinnati's supposed to win. Yeah. Can, can I give you one, though, that might be interesting? Yeah, let's hear it. Hugh Freeze. Coming back to Ole Miss. This is so intriguing. What you could all if, – if you don't know about Ole Miss's quarterback, you need to get put on game there. Number one on Mel Kiper's big board, Malik is balling. And Hugh Freeze is bringing Liberty to Ole Miss, his old stomping grounds. Yep. And if you know how that ended, we won't get into it, but just do a quick Google search. What a game this should be. Ole Miss with an injured quarterback yep. who I don't know if he even plays. I'm assuming that he will. He's a competitor. He should play. He's, he's That's a tough mother sucker. Yeah. Ole Miss... Coming off that loss, I think they're gonna they're gonna be down bad. Let's be honest, their season's over. Yeah. And Hugh Freeze and Liberty have everything to play for. Yeah. Get ready. You're about to be introduced to a winning quarterback 
give me Liberty. I got it. I, the, the Liberty has a better defense. They're giving up less than a hundred yards, a hundred yards less per game than Ole Miss. Granted, they don't play. They in don't the SEC. play the same they schedule. They don't play in the FBS. So I feel like that's a little bit more, you know, uh, oh, skewed I data just, for sure. I, 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 give me Liberty though. I'm, I'm on board with you. I mean, I think Hugh Freeze has a revenge game. I think uh, Malik. Oh, he's had this circled yeah. for years, bro. Oh yeah. Malik Willis, I think this is his game to shine, right? I mean, you finally get in an SEC spotlight. You get a chance to really show what you can do as a quarterback. Sit back, get your popcorn, yeah. and watch Malik play football, yeah. and you will realize why he is the first quarterback projected to go in the draft right now. Yeah. The dude is phenomenal, and it is it is exciting football to watch. This will still be a great game. Oh, yeah. This is not a blowout by any means, or I don't think it is, but give me liberty yeah, or like give it. me death. Okay, that's enough. Alexander Hamilton. Okay, well, well, that's Not the last accurate. one. Do you want to get on with the whole grandma thing, whatever? Well, stuff? I don't know what you're referring okay. to, but I will say this. Where can the people find you? Oh, Instagram, Twitter, Harris underscore six, and then list my grandma's record player. Might as well hop on board with this. You can find me. Hey, I appreciate you finally get on board. Come oh, on, I hate man. It. You can find me at Connor Mason Chandler on Instagram, uh, at Connor Chandler on Facebook and Twitter, and you can find me. Uh, and Jordan both at Bash Brother or B Brothers Pod. That's B Brothers P O D on Twitter. Bash Brothers on Facebook and Bash Brothers wherever you listen to your podcast, whether that be SoundCloud, Apple Podcast, or Here your grandma go. just got a Zune. Brother, she got a Zune. She found it at a yard sale that that Ethel had. Ethel had the the yard sale. Remember, I told you, I showed you the signs. She had the yard sale and she found a Zune. Dude, it can hold four songs. Or one Bash Brothers podcast. Mm. And there you go. You can find us there or watching the Braves play with hopefully like a meat lover's pizza or something. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, enjoy this next week of football. Yep. Enjoy some World Series. Yep. Enjoy some NFL. NBA's in full swing. It's just a good time to be a sports fan right now. It is. We really are blessed out here. Stay safe. Have some fun. And as always, we are the Bash Brothers signing off. Yerp.